I won't give up, no, I won't give in till I reach the end. Then I'll start again. No, I won't believe. I want to try everything. I want to try even though I could fail. Thank you. <laughs> that was great. And it totally reminded me that you mentioned that you're part of the choir, the church choir. That, yes. That, and and I was like saying, yeah, we have a ringer on the show that's coming on. So you did great. Thank you. Thanks. That was painless. Band-Aid's off. We're ready to rock and roll. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Elisaveta. Elisaveta? That's very good. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm just, I want to make sure I'm saying it right. So Elisaveta's here on the show. Uh, what's your official title? You're a bookkeeper? Well, yes, I would say so. One of. Yeah, you have other things as well. Yes, I'm not a CPA, but I am an accountant. So I like these shows um, a lot because, as you know, and we'll get into it, a lot of people in the construction industry don't like this part of the business, but this is a very valuable part of the business. We need people to understand that there's a huge amount of value with hiring the right person. And I think most people that work in construction should be hiring a person to take care of what we're going to discuss today. Do you agree? Yes. I totally, totally think so. Uh, so let me give out the deeds here. Uh, we have a Lisa Vetta here, also Lisa. Uh, www.beyondbooksolutions.com is where you can find her. She's also got a YouTube channel under the same name, Beyond Books Solutions. And then also on IG, you can find her under Construction Accountant. And you can also find her on LinkedIn. And that's where all the connections is. I guess that's how we connected as well, too. It was mostly through LinkedIn. Um, and we finally got you on the show, which is great. I and mean, I've got a lot of bookkeeping and paperwork and all kinds of questions. And we're going to dive deep into it. And let me do a quick shout out. I'm wearing Fabio's T-shirt. I wear a different T-shirt for every single show. So um, FNA. FNA uh, trim work. And reach out to him if you're looking for some trim uh, being done. Uh, custom carpentry. All kinds of stuff like that. Solid guy. Uh, once he, He's not talking. He's a solid guy. <laughs> Unleash your voice on the Construction Life podcast community. Are you passionate about the world of construction, trades, and all things building related? The Construction Life podcast wants to hear from you. Leave us a review, share your thoughts, insights, and experiences on your favorite podcast channel. Your review fuels our mission to create engaging and informative content for the construction community. Your feedback is the mortar that holds our podcast together. Share your thoughts, rate us, and let the construction community know why The Construction Life is your go-to podcast. Visit our website and check out the nearly 500 tradespeople and construction professionals listed on the site. Connect with all of them. Check us out at www.theconstructionlife.com for additional content, behind-the-scenes exclusives, and valuable resources. Dive deeper into the construction world with articles, guest profiles, and more. Follow us on Instagram at tcl underscore the construction life follow us on tiktok under the same handle and tweet us at tcl construction subscribe to our youtube channel check out our link tree and find exclusive discounts for listeners link is in the ig bio join the conversation on facebook the construction life community that's it so now over to you lisa uh where do you want to begin um i guess we could just start you know i've been talking about not necessarily bookkeeping, but just managing money for five years now. And I realized that a lot of people have a, a serious mindset blocks around money and tracking money. And um, it just stands in a way of people understanding their numbers, which 
I get it as an accountant, you know, you have your balance sheet, your profit and loss statement of cash flow. Everybody's looking at it like, what does it all mean? And it makes them anxious that they don't understand what it means, which prevents them from making good business decisions. And that's where I have been so fortunate and excited to help business owners understand exactly what's going on business as a whole. And in construction, we have to know what's going on project by project. So I have uh, been serving uh, construction industry for five years now, and that's the only people we work with because I just wanted to be an expert in their industry and being able to uh, help them. One of the biggest frustrations I have with somebody that wants to start a new construction business is that they'll spend so much time and effort working on how their business card is going to look like, what their vehicles that they drive around is going to look like, what their logo is going to look like. And they just focus so much on what tools they need to buy, what storage space, warehouse, office, all this stuff. But they do not factor in the bookkeeping, the accounting, the paperwork side. And what's the first thing that you would educate to tradespeople that are in the industry they should start doing regarding this paperwork? You know, every time somebody says paperwork, all of a sudden receipts come to mind, right? And you're like, oh, I know how to manage receipts. Here, I, I have a box of them. I have a Dropbox, you know? And But it's not uh, only about receipts. It's about tracking their financials perfectly in, I don't even want to say perfectly. It all starts with the budget, right? And you have to track your costs. You have to track your money coming in and coming out. Do I have enough money to pay my vendors? Am I even making money on the project? That's the biggest thing. I have so many guys coming to me saying, I don't even know if I made money on the project because I didn't track how much I spent versus how much I estimated. So the next budget that they're doing, the next estimate you might have the same issues that the previous one had. And that is a big concern because when people just start doing their books at the end of the year for taxes, it's too late to make any changes. So the whole year you've been making wrong estimates um, for the projects and you hardly made any money. So you, should, you basically should begin before you actually begin the job. You should already start planning, formatting. That's where you get into. You get into helping us figure out how this should all be lined up, how it should be set up from the first payment from the client, from the time that the, the agreement is signed to all the vendors that we have to purchase uh, material from to paying your employees, your subcontractors, all that paperwork. You should already have a system in play. That's what you help out. That Yes, and that is the biggest concern that I talk to a lot of people who don't have any general systems or processes set up for their financial side. Yes, they understand they have to have subs for projects, they have to sell the projects, right? Who scheduling the work, materials they purchase, but then the financial side is so unorganized that it's hard to understand and control what is happening, really. And I always... Actually, lately, I was pretty, I've been pretty excited because I'm getting calls from a lot of people who are just starting out and they want to do everything right from the beginning. They want the setup. They want to know how to set up their QuickBooks for construction industry. They want to know how to use it or you need help. They need help setting up those processes. 
Those are big things. Some people come with project management software that syncs to QuickBooks, and they have no idea how to sync the two, how to make them work. And that is a whole other animal on its own because if you misuse one or the other, it creates insane mess in your books and then no numbers make sense. So that initial setup is golden. If you're set up from the beginning and you know how to use it properly, you're not going to have any problems. So Lisa, what I want to ask you is... Um... What is the actual cost to set this up? And when I'm saying cost and I'm asking cost, I'm not the actual numbers value. I'm saying time. What is the amount of time that someone needs to spend to actually figure out how to properly set up this first job, every job, and then set up your business to basically succeed? So then at the end of the year, there isn't such a headache. I would say you have to start with the minimum of setting up your QuickBooks. You get your QuickBooks, QuickBooks Plus is the best at this point for construction guys, and you start setting it up. Um, the setup is tedious for sure, but it will pay off in the end. Just gotta make sure you have all of your cost codes, your chart of accounts, all of your settings, and all of that would depend a lot on the um, on the way that you structure your business, right? Are you cost plus or fixed price? Are you uh, going to do progress invoicing? Are you going to need to see budget versus actual? So all of that combined will determine what kind of setup you need. That's what kind of we go through on the onboarding phase with our clients that want to set up their QuickBooks. You have to know exactly what you need to set it up correctly, but otherwise um, it's not, extremely hard processes just takes time um and i know that you're proficient in builder trend but i am also noticing that there's a lot of software coming out specifically designed for construction um is there too much going on regarding these software programs that are being bombarded in the construction industry where it's like i get it you've got a thousand bells and whistles in this program to help my business but i only need two of them is it, are we just being bombarded with too much information that's not applicable to our business that we're trying to build? You know, the, the information overload is real. I mean, with, with the internet and so many opportunities, it's, it's gotten pretty ridiculous, to be honest. They have a software for every little thing that you might need. And I am not a huge fan of having 10,000 software, one for each little thing that you need. It's just... I like everything centralized, so it's easier to control. So the first thing, yes, there's a lot of different software out there to choose from. Builder Trend, Noify, Procore, I mean, JobTread, you name it. And they all seem to uh, be syncing to QuickBooks, which is very good for us. And But besides that, every single software, like you're saying, has got a million things going on inside of it. So construction business owners never really feel like they're fully utilizing that, the potential of the software. And it kind of makes them wonder why they're paying such high price for it. Now, I always say that if you're just a startup, you might just want to stick to QuickBooks Online for now, because even though it's a generalistic software, there's you still can set it up for construction really successfully. But as you grow... Project management software is super helpful. But again, you got to spend the time to understand how to use it. Project management side of it 
so many good things, you know, scheduling and to-do lists, communication with client, communication with your customers, like it's all great. But then it also has financial side. And that is where people go like, oh my gosh, I don't know, there's just too much. And a lot of times I've noticed with a lot of software, they don't provide a lot of training on how to connect it to QuickBooks, how information flows, how to use it properly. And that's why probably like 70% of my clients, they all come to me because they don't know what to do with their software. They know it's good. They know it connects to QuickBooks, but it created a mess. They don't know what to do. And I do like that. Listen, I'm an old school person, but and you, sh I'm sure you probably have met a lot of people in the construction industry that are old school and they're so used to walking down the street to their bookkeeper, their accountant and everybody. And then they hand off that box full of paperwork that's all folded up, coffee stained, all that stuff. But you you provide a remote service and and be, having a remote service is not a disadvantage of anything. It's an advantage because I want you to explain why there's such an advantage being connected to you on a remote platform to help you take care of all the paperwork in your business? There's a lot of advantages. First of all, a lot of uh, newer companies, they don't have the budget to have a full-time in-house person to take care of stuff. And then if, like you're saying, they take it to their CPAs, their CPAs charge a lot of money for it as well, for just general bookkeeping. So really it's cost efficient to have somebody remote Another thing is that all the software is on the cloud, QuickBooks Online, BuilderChain, it's all out there. So you might be able to find a bookkeeper in your area. That's pretty good. But the question is, do they understand construction? Do yeah. they understand builder trend? A lot of times they don't. So would you rather spend a lot of time figuring out how it all works to tell them what to do when it's their job to help you? Or do you want to hire somebody who will not, not only tell you how it needs to be done, but actually do it for you and you don't have to worry about it. And you know that they're experts because that's all they do every day. I feel like that's worth it to be remote, to hire somebody remote. Is there anything, I mean, obviously you're in, you're in Michigan and we're in Toronto, uh, same climate basically, just two different sides of the border. Um, there, I mean, construction is construction. I've always said it's its own language. So it doesn't matter that if I'm, if I'm a Canadian contractor and I've got a Canadian business, having yourself handle our bookkeeping and, and organizing all of our paperwork that's attached to our projects, you could be taking care of that as much as someone in the States being taken care of or someone in Canada is taking care of somebody in the States, right? Yes, the different we Canada and US have different tax regulations. Yes, that's the taxes is not what I do. Yes. Otherwise, an accounting is exactly the same. There's no difference. Okay. And I know that talking about remotely security is always a big issue because everyone starts to get a little nervous. And and I guess the idea of um, data security and having somebody hacked in or, or, or are there any risks associated with that? Not that I know of nowadays, because I've been in business for five years and I've never had a single incident and I've helped hundreds of clients for over and now, even a simple Google Drive has so many ways to protect you. It's, it's pretty crazy. Plus, we are using our own client portal, which is super secure as well. So, like I said, um, we haven't had any issues with that. There's and I hoops. don't even know of anyone that has. 
because I'm connected with 6,000 other bookkeepers and I haven't heard any horror stories yet. So no, no, I was just curious because that question is always going to come up. Everyone's talking about, and it's a big, it's a big topic of discussion because, um, there's so many breaches going on, not not in this sector, but just in general, people's homes and just uh, cybersecurity. And it, it wasn't that long ago that I actually started having conversations with my own insurance company about cybersecurity insurance and being protected mm -hmm. on social media platforms and having this this premium associated all of a sudden for protection. If something happens, if someone logs in and you get logged out and, and then all of a sudden now you can't get to your marketing avenue, you can't get to any of your computers or whatever. So it's a conversation that comes up. Don't miss it on huge savings. Visit goiguide.com slash shop and use promo code TCL podcast to get deep discounts on an iGuide system. Everyone loves swag and I love giving it away. So if you're listening and you're interested in learning more about iGuide, shoot me an email, rjohnston at planetar.com or a message on LinkedIn and I'll send you free swag just for saying hello. I've got free t-shirts and toques and I can't wait to give them away. I've also got special offers for TCL listeners, so it's worth your time to reach out. Yeah, that's a pretty important thing uh, to think about nowadays in the age of internet and a lot of people trying to get to your stuff, especially things like your social security numbers and all that. Got to be careful. ID. Everybody, went, yeah, we went through there. Um, I'd love for you to share some success stories that you've got taken regarding certain construction companies that were probably um, a hot mess. And just what were they doing and, and what did you solve and how is it running these days? Oh, boy, I have a lot of them. Um the one one of my favorites because they're just such sweet people um a couple they're running construction company and when they came to me they said we need help but i don't think we can afford you because we are running only three projects per year and they're small remodel projects and they're like we've been at it for a couple years now and nothing's changing we don't know what to do how to grow so as we started they, I still explain to them what kind of help I provide. They signed up. And since then, we've been working every single month, doing their books, doing their job costing, checking all of their projects. And I provided them with advisory services every month. Basically, we're looking at your numbers. And I just look in them, at them. I have an expertise to say, this is what's wrong. This is what the re three reasons why it could be. We're going to try to fix all of them and see if it gets better. So a lot of things that we've been working with them on is for them to understand every single cost. The biggest thing for them was markup. They were not charging enough. They were too afraid of the industry standards and, you know, staying competitive, not understanding that the value and the quality of work that they bring and the reputation that they have allows them to charge more to where they actually take money home. Um, how much were they off? As soon as how, sorry, how much were they off regarding their markup? A lot. They were charging 15%. Okay. We got them up to 40 now. Okay. And I remember one day we had our meeting and they're like, we bidded three jobs at 40% instead of 15. And guess what? Not a single person even 
question it one bit. We won every single bid. I can't believe we haven't done it earlier. You know, it's even the little mindset hacks that somebody is, it's helpful for somebody to outline, here are your numbers. You can't charge that markup. It's getting it up by your overhead. That's why you're not making any money. Somebody needs to come and show it to you in order for you to say, okay, I will try it, yeah, right? Um, we had a lot of success stories, that, especially huge cleanups. We had a huge cleanup offshore, uh, um, a bookkeeping company that actually um, handled them before. Unfortunately, they weren't very worse in construction industry and they got very confused about how builder trend works, which created a huge mess. And because the construction company is a cost plus, it created a huge mess with the clients because the costs were way too high to what they agreed to. So they were, um, they as they accumulated the costs, they kept sending them to the clients and the clients kept coming back saying, no, this is wrong. No, that is wrong, right? The numbers were always wrong. And um, they just, you know, they had a couple lawsuits go in at this point and it was just a huge mess. Now we are getting them to the point where, um, we're not only bookkeepers for them, we're actually doing admin work as well because we just had to step in and start communicating with a lot of vendors, with a lot of clients and explaining, auditing all, every single project. And now we're, we've cleaned everything up and we can actually see, like we provide daily reports, weekly reports for them to understand their cash flow so they could make decisions which projects are best for them to take at this point. Are you also looking in, because I know that you provide that service where you're um, you're basically analyzing how they're running their business based on the numbers. And you can see how a particular job and the business itself is being run. But are you, are you making suggestions to them about other potential profit opportunities other than just the market, you know, the markup on, on a certain material or a certain line item, whatever. But are there other things that the company's not considering, whether you know, I guess today's digital age where there's other opportunities that we can do certain things that you could upsell and you're helping them upsell their services. Because I do agree with you that a lot of companies are not taking advantage of the value that they're bringing to the table outside of just selling the initial job. There's other opportunities as you go along the, uh, the job itself and you got change opportunities, you got new ideas to be implemented. Like, are there other things that you can think of? There's a lot of things that companies could implement besides markup. Markup is the big one because that's actually what helping the guys take the money home, which is what they struggle the best. They they struggle to pay themselves because they there's a reason that Profit First book yeah. got so popular because people are like, yes, I'm always the last to get paid after my vendors, after everything. And there's usually nothing left. And that is a huge problem. The cash flow is another huge problem that I see a big impact um, is a lot of guys are struggling to get paid, right? Simple thing. And when I asked them what kind of contracts you had, did you have your change order on your contract and how you're going to handle it? Did you say there's going to be a late fee if people don't pay you? Did you invoice them at all? Which I have clients who haven't invoiced for a month and now they can't pay their vendors, right? I understand that it's not like an additional possibility, but you fix your cash flow, it's a huge difference in your in your company. 
Um, other huge possibilities, I mean, integration with technology is always good. Like we talked about project management software and all that, because a lot of things can be automated, which will increase your productivity by buying back your time. And that time can be actually spent on getting good projects, getting your name out there, you know, uh, training your team. Those are huge ones. We talk a lot about the productivity of the team because as I look at the numbers, I can tell if um, something got underestimated or team is not productive. What are your, you know, um, cost of goods sold, your direct expenses? Is there a problem there that we're seeing? Um, overhead is what we look a lot as well. How are we looking on sales? Are they covering a good percentage of your overhead? There's so much you can see on the financial statements. And I, I wish people understood them better, but I also understand that they're really good at what they do, which is building. And I'm very good at reading those statements. So when we come together, it's just, it's just worse. <laughs> I, you brought up something which makes a lot of sense to me, but I, I, I have yet to meet this person. Have you ever met a client that submitted a late fee invoice and actually got a late fee invoice paid like i don't know if that unicorn exists it's almost the same way that i don't know if the person who's taken some litigation action against a client and actually won in the end because that unicorn doesn't exist either but have you met somebody that i i've had the opportunity to submit late fee penalties but i never have because we're contractors and we don't we kind of waive those but i don't know of anybody through all the people I've spoken to that have submitted and received a late fee? It's a hard one for sure, especially when you understand that uh, by the time you're done paying your attorneys, if you uh, <laughs> if you sue somebody, it's it's not worth it anymore anyways. The so attorneys love it. Yeah, hard. I know. But you have to have good contracts in place. If anything, you know, it's a mindset thing for people. When people read that contract, they're like, I don't know if I want to pay that fee. I, I'm going to try to, you know, stay on top of it. But if they see there's nothing there, what's going to motivate them to stay on top of it? Yeah, nothing. that's true. That's a good point. How do you, Lisa, how do you stay updated with the ever-changing world? I guess, I mean, it's not just the construction industry. you got other industries, but just like, there's so much more stuff that's coming out and how do you stay updated or how do you keep stay aware of what's coming down the pipe, I guess, what governments are changing, what ideas or how businesses are being run, how I do love seeing young people starting out in construction and having a different mindset when they come into construction instead of us older people. Um, where do you get your knowledge from? Oh, that's, that's a lot of different uh, avenues. I mean, internet is so big nowadays, you know. Um, different newsletters that I'm signed up for, uh, whether those are government-related or um, there's a lot of coaches out there, as you know. Um, and I, I used to love that there's more coaches now than there is people who need coaching, but some of them are really, really good. They yeah. provide a lot of good information and a lot of good statistics because they actually deal with clients. I like to hear what they have to say. Um, government is definitely, you have to stay on top of that. Um, I, I am really interested in technology. So anytime there's something coming out, I'm excited to learn if it's going to be beneficial for my clients. Like just... Uh, uh, the other day, I've learned of 
the program where you don't have to get a credit card for your employee. You just get a, a card through this company that is connected to your checking account, but in a way that they can't spend the money from your checking account. Like things have to be approved. So your money on a checking account is safe, but at the same time, you're not accumulating debt on your credit cards. I was like, man, this is so good. It's brilliant. I got to research that more. So little things like that. Um, like a debit card? It's kind. It's not really a debit card for your checking account, but it's, but it is essentially a debit card that acts like a credit like card. A credit. Okay, that's interesting. I've never heard of that. It is very interesting. Okay. Um, and it's mostly business, have, business related. Yes, it's okay. business related for your employees when they make purchases. Like all, there's so much, there's so much good software out there actually that is very helpful. And I have people reach out to me all the time and I talk to them and I try to see, like, I go to those build expos. I really like those. There's a lot of good companies in there as well. And, um, uh, yeah, I just, I have, I'm networking with a lot of people in the, in the industry to see what the trends are, what the news are. Are we like in construction the last monkey on the playground like we are we the last industry to kind of get streamlined to be more efficient you know what i mean like i just no we're not there's other industries that are doing far worse than us i, I don't i can't speak for other industries you know 100% <laughs> because you focus on construction mostly but i just know that that this is the achilles heel of construction it's, it's the bookkeeping, it's the organization, it's staying on top of the numbers, right? So it's like, I, I always said that we must be the the worst ones out of all the industries out there. We must be the one, but maybe we're not. Maybe we're actually doing a lot better than I assumed. The thing is that there's a lot available out there for construction business owners, a lot. And like we talked, they can get overwhelming. Plus I found that all the clients that I have, everybody I spoke to, the guys are so passionate about what they do. They want their creators more than their entrepreneurs sometimes. You know that E-Myth book? Um, when you're more of a technician at your company, not entrepreneur, I feel that a lot. The guys are really avoiding of um huge business changes business opportunities growth productivity systems and process because they're so excited about building right because that's why they got into the business they they know they're good at it they're excited about it and but at the same time you just can't you have to step away a little bit from it and look at the big picture if you want to grow a big company I'd love for you to walk the listeners through how you work with somebody brand new. You just met them. They reached out to you. What's the first thing and what's the last thing that is the process of working with you? Um, as soon as they uh, reached out to me, we have a conversation to see if, uh, if I can help them effectively. If I can, um, then we would just start with the onboarding meeting and just go over every detail, every process that they have in the company, who is doing what, when, how. Um, those are big because that helps me identify the issues they've been having and uh, why they've been having them. So then I have a lot of ideas on how to fix them. And um, 
we start building out processes. That's the number one thing. Um, the second thing is definitely getting into QuickBooks and trying to see what has been done previously and if it all looks correct. Um, if we're in the middle of the year, you know, there's a lot of records to clean up. So that's usually the case. We make sure that everything is up to date because the reports will suffer if first January 1st till whenever we are, is just not making sense. And as soon as we're done with the cleanup, you know, usually we just start working on a weekly basis, um, job costing, categorizing, reconciling, producing reports, talking about their projects, talking about business as a whole, what their goals are. Um, sometimes, you know, when the clients want a little more, we set up the budgets, we try doing benchmarking, all that good stuff to just, you know, to see if we're staying on track. Contractors, it's time to empower your business with Shelter Tech implementation. Shelter is offering a free meeting to tackle your biggest pain points head on. Their goal, to develop a custom company app that's built just for you, solving your pain points, streamlining your processes, making your workday smoother. Here's the scoop. There's a $15,000 digital adoption grant available, and Shelter is an expert at helping you secure it. This isn't just funding. It's your stepping stone into a new era of digital efficiency. By your second meeting, you'll get a tailor-made company playbook, a software prototype designed with your input, project tracking, real-time budget management, and daily logs, all integrated into a single app. It's tech that works for you, not the other way around. Shelta isn't just offering tech, they're offering transformation. Join the community of 93 subcontractors who have already stepped up their game with Shelta Tech. Two meetings, countless opportunities, ready to make a move? Visit Shelta.app. Let's pave the way to smarter, tech-driven future. Shelter technology, custom tech solutions for the modern contractor. I'd, I'd love to bring up something that might be a little bit of controversial, but it's not because it's part of construction. Um, and I'm talking about um, cash. So when we start businesses, obviously we start a certain way and everybody's done it, including myself. You'll, you'll take projects on that are being paid by cash. You'll get a lot of clients that are saying, can we do half of it in cash or what have you, right? And, and I just know that that's a part of the conversation. And how is it best, I guess, without either one of us getting into trouble um, to kind of handle that? Because sometimes you get young people starting in construction and they just can't, operate the business a hundred percent legal right from the get-go because they have to still figure things out and they'll get a job. And then they're saying, listen, you have the job, but we're going to pay you cash. Right. But they have to somehow put that cash on the books. You have to somehow get that cash on the books. How do we handle cash in construction? Uh, cash is handled easily. Um, if you re if you receive cash, you have to deposit it to the bank account. So we actually have a record and we can uh, put it in the right place. It's easy as that. I see a lot of guys commingling funds. That's a bigger issue. I know it's like, oh, it's the easiest thing to advise people. Separate personal from business. It seems so easy, but it's just so hard to do sometimes, especially when you start up because you just... Maybe your your business was not approved for a credit card. Maybe uh, your business, you know, doesn't have the funds and you have to sometimes swipe up your credit card. And that gets dicey, but again, it's manageable. You can, as long as the clients are staying in communication and provide us all the information, we can record it all successfully. 
But the thing is, I guess it, it gets to the point where where you can't record it because, yeah, sure, the moment you deposit it, the moment you record it, then it's income. So you, you may have had someone give you cash as a client. They don't need to report that to their personal taxes because it's their project, their home, and it doesn't affect them. But you as a business person, you, you're receiving cash. You can't, you can't deposit and you can't report it, right? You have to keep it off the books at that point. I wouldn't recommend that. So don't try to get me in trouble. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm just, but it is part of, and it still is in construction, like whether it's on in the States or in Canada, it's part of the situation. I think, and I've always told the younger generation, listen, just ramp up faster to make your business as legal as possible. That's all it is. Just that's, that's where I wanted to add that. It's all about mindset, right? Yeah. Are you are you playing not to lose or are you planning to win? win. So yeah. at this point, it's like, are you trying to save every penny you have so you you know so you don't have to uh, spend that money, or are you gonna be hiding money so you don't have to pay taxes, or are you gonna focus on growing so high that you don't care what your tax bill is? I know it's hard to say. Um, but at the same time, it's like, aim your focus to to the right place. <laughs> I agree, hundred percent. I agree. We all have a starting point. We have. A, we just we want to grow it. I'd I'd love to ask you, Lisa. Is um, do you get clients coming at you where they basically are just too much going on? Like they've just. Is there such a thing as just way too much bookkeeping, way too much paperwork? That doesn't exist. You can't really have too much of that no because it's just really. more organization right it's uh it's actually more exciting it's a bigger puzzle i love puzzles <laughs> but uh i have um uh, one of my clients he has uh, four companies and they're all very big and they're all inter transfers in between and they're somehow connected all together between real estate and construction and everything there's a lot going on and we spend a lot of hours uh, cleaning them up, but it's just so rewarding in the end. And they're so excited. They can actually understand what's going on in each business separately. Uh, we taught them how to, to not commingle between companies, how to, you know, how to properly set it up to the companies actually communicating in the right way. I mean, I love it. The bigger the project, the more fun I'm having. I'd love to ask you an interesting question that came up recently when I was having a conversation with somebody. And um, let's just take uh, the typical contractor that's building in the U.S. or in Canada, and let's just call him Tony, because uh, I'm sure there's a few Tonys in the industry. Um, and let's say Tony wants to build outside of North America or outside of his home base. Let's say he's got an opportunity to build in Europe. Now... How do we handle that paperwork? How do we handle Tony, I guess, maybe buying product or material from the U.S. and having it shipped overseas to Europe and then him running the construction job through his business here in North America, but the work is physically being done in another country? How does that, is that complicate things or do we have to still go to where the end product is being built? It does complicate things, and it does depend on the country as well. I had um, I had clients who were building in the Caribbean. They were um, 
That's a good example. Great. That's what. I, yeah, that we can do that. Yeah, uh, but the the Caribbean had, but it was a different situation though. They they actually had their LLC set up in the Caribbean, but the Caribbean had great, just the easiest tax regulations I've ever seen. Um, so we were doing the bookkeeping, no problem. Now when it came time to do taxes, they were just using this information to pay taxes. for the regulations of that country. Um, now, if you are still having your LLC here and doing business in another country, that one I haven't dealt with, so I can't really tell, but from, um, I would say you have to check the regulations of that country to see how it matches with US or Canada. Start start with the place of where you're planning on building, because I can only assume like the Caribbean, you're going to get builders that have clients that they will build here to begin with their dream home. And then all of a sudden they want to build their vacation home, but they want to work with the same builder. So you're being asked to pick up and go and work there. But that poses the problems of like this, where, how do we handle all that paperwork? I guess it's just organize it where you're building the place and then organize it where you're operating the business. Well, when it comes to tracking day to day, it is all the same. Just make sure you track very good numbers throughout the year. Taxes is where it gets different. Yes, because you have to find out what taxes you'll have to pay, whether that where that country is and the taxes you have to pay here. So that's a different story. But yeah, so it's just I guess just basically do what you're already doing here for the business. Do it there regarding the build. The only difference Mm-hmm. is it's in a different city, different country. Yeah, day to day would not differ. How do you typically communicate with your clients? Is it, I guess it's mostly digital. It's just, I guess, through emails. Um, for the little little things, it's our client portal. It's the easiest to go because you can go see the details of each transaction we're asking you about or ask us questions there. And um, email is still good. We usually respond within 24 hours. And of course, I have calls with clients all the time. We like to have Zoom calls where I can share the screen. A lot of ways to communicate. Communication is huge. That's what I tell my guys too. If anything, just make sure you talk to your clients. You talk to your subs. It, it will help eliminate a lot of issues down the road. Even if there is an issue, you have to address it. They will appreciate it more if you actually are open with them. instead of hiding the issue. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about, because you, uh, since you've seen so many books of different companies, about smashing the glass ceiling regarding when it comes to a blue-collar business and construction, how you can become a millionaire if you actually set up your business properly. And I'm talking about a construction business. And you can actually create that kind of wealth from swinging a hammer, so to speak. Is that not true? Oh, for sure you can do that. But you have to get your priorities straight. You can't just expect that you're going to swing a hammer and all of a sudden you're a millionaire. You would have to step away from a lot of things that you have been doing. You have to put the right people in the right seats so the experts are actually taking care of the things instead of you. And you don't have to worry about it as much. And you can concentrate on totally different things like marketing and sales, networking with people, um, 
it's all you know there's another good book out there um who not how yeah that's so good the traction is my favorite book i'm i'm all about books as you can see i'm totally book. and i've read one two which is the one there is that the one behind the clock what is that is that um i'm trying to... you got the traction seven yeah traction and then seven habits yes um Bye and, bye. Then, and then bye great back in time is my new favorite i haven't that read that one huge oh. thing for entrepreneurs yeah they wear so many hats they have no idea what to do they somebody tells them grow right they're let's say they're making i don't know half a million a year of revenue and somebody's like well you should grow to a million and they're like i don't have time to eat what are you talking about doubling my business how in the world am i gonna do that right um but it's just about putting the right people in the right seats, putting the right place, processes in place, and moving on to more income-producing activities. CCS Engineering and Construction for Everything. From dental and medical office renovations to commercial construction and complete home remodeling, they do it all. CCS has in-house experts that will make your next project feel effortless. Their streamlined process ensures efficiency and outstanding project quality. From your initial design to your final vision, CCS will see your project through from start to finish. CCS serves clients across Ontario. Join the growing CCS family today. Visit ccsengcon.com or call 226-499-2CCS to schedule a consultation. CCS Engineering Construction for everything. I'd love for you to share. Okay, so there's like uh, one, two, three, and four four things that involve uh, a business and i'd love for you to how much time should a business owner consume their daily time on budgeting forecasting financial planning and long-term success should these four things um is it four one two three yeah four um should they always be on the front burner with a business owner in construction for sure it has to be most of your time has to be spent on those activities. Those are the business related activities, planning activities. And then another one, you have to be out there so people know who you are, right? Your sales, your networking, being out there is huge. And of course, all of these business activities are, they're important. How do you know? what path to take if you don't know where you want to go you got to set up your goals you got to set up steps to move that will move you to those goals right sometimes we have like oh I, you know what i have i want to have a private jet eventually well that's cool and you can even put it on your board but until you actually write out the steps that are going to get you there and into a little 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 steps every single day that you need to make uh, that ain't going to happen and how do you do that without proper budgeting, planning, forecasting, and all that? And you literally just should sit down and just confront these, ask these questions, answer these questions, constantly work on them, and then it will benefit the business. And as much as I want to be always uh, positive on the show, I also want to be realistic. So how do we tackle uh, losses? Like there's going to be losses. I don't care who you are. If you're in construction, you're going to have losses. And how should we be... I guess reacting to losses when it comes to the organization side of things. Oh, you know, uh, it's like a song that I send. I won't give up. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> um, 
we ha everybody has losses, but it's how we we control. We can't control everything. What we can control is how we react to stuff, right? And if we take those losses as huge learning experiences, which they are, and we actually sit down and think how we make sure that that doesn't happen again, and how do we improve our processes, that's what will really set you apart. Instead of sitting and thinking, oh, no, I, I got to quit doing that, I got to give up, just learn from it and move on. Take the lessons, I agree. And it makes me think about the next question I want to ask you is that when you're looking at your clients that you're working with, what is the typical construction growth that we should be looking at, that we should be considering and trying to achieve for year after year when we're getting started and now we start building our business and building our brand? Should we be growing 10, 20, 30 percent every single year? Is that how we should be paying attention to our potential? You know, I have another great book <laughs> here for that. That one. I just uh, finished it, actually. 10x is easier than 2x, 2X. right? I, I always... Who's the author? To... Sorry, who was the author? That was um, Dan Sullivan and Dr. Benjamin Hardy. Okay. Together, they wrote this book. Um, but um, I always thought, I'm like, you know what? It would be great if I could double my business every year, right? Double, double, double. But then you're thinking in a different perspective of, taking small risks, kind of staying safe and staying kind of in the same spot. Now, when you're thinking about 10X, what is that big change that I could make to gr to really grow? Now we're talking. But you can't forget to have the right infrastructure in place, right? The foundation is what makes it. Um, so... There's not really a good answer. It would depend on the ambition of the person. Some people are okay, you know, growing 50% a year. Some people want to double their business every year. And others are like, I want that private jet. I better figure out how to 10x this thing. What contractors are you talking with that want jets? Like, what's with the jets? I don't want a jet. I want more motorcycles. I want a jet. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Jets are expensive, aren't they? They just like... Oh, they are. They I don't know are. how to fly them. I just know how to jump out of them. And it's just like, I don't like that means you got to hire a pilot and you got to have somebody on call all the time. Just I normal. heard that it takes to fly from... Actually, my, my business coach is from Canada and he does have a private plane. And <laughs> he's uh, doing well. He was asked, that's how I got excited about that. I'm like, he can do it. Why can't I? Okay, <laughs> right? Sure. That, mindset you got to have a dash's goals at least i do otherwise i won't push hard enough um but uh and private plane is not my only goal by the way uh, <laughs> so, so he said somebody asked him a question how much is it to fly from uh vancouver to la and back he said it it cost about 30 grand for private plane just a couple hours flight isn't that crazy i think uh Southwest will take you there for 200 bucks, right? No food? Probably. Yeah, 30 grand, 200 bucks. I don't know. That's a I, lot of money. I will settle on business class for now, but I still got to get there. <laughs>
So you're a lefty Louie is what it is. I, I miss business class. I I'm totally in the was, back. I'm, I'm 32A no, right I, now. I like business class. I totally like business class when, when somebody else is paying for it, a company or something. I, I love know. it. I love going left instead of right. It's just like you just treat it differently. But I'm not at that level where I want a plane. I'm a contractor and I'm looking at planes. But I guess some are. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd love to figure out... Um, uh, what's the one ingredient that you constantly are seeing the same construction companies that are doing that's working? Like you uh, see it over and over. I know outside of the organization of the paperwork and that, but what's the one ingredient in the business that they're doing that you know that is like it's a foolproof this is going to work if you keep on doing this on a daily basis, weekly, monthly, whatever it is, it's going to keep on growing your business. I would say the team is where it's at. Okay. That is the biggest. The guys who have been able to hire the right team, put them in the right places, which freed up their time, created a company culture that had the goals um, of all people involved uh, considered that they want to perform better. They want, they're excited to stay with the company and grow with the company because I I know that's one of the biggest issues my guys, a lot of my guys have that, you know, labor is hard to come by, especially good quality labor that stays. And I feel like if you are able to keep growing your team, sustain your team, train your team, have them feel that they are growing with you, that is the biggest thing because it's the people who make you know who make the company i totally agree um and we actually haven't even gone into i mean i know that you have such a love for numbers and organizing things and keeping things organized and just figuring out the puzzle as you said earlier um why did you choose this this industry why did you choose this as your passion um and uh i guess yeah yeah why did you choose that you know, I, I've always had a soft spot for this industry. My dad is an electrician. Uh, he has always been an electrician. He used to work three different jobs and they still didn't get paid really good. Um, now he's an electrical engineer at the airport and, and they still don't appreciate the, the trades where he's at. That is not us. And, um, when I started the business, I wanted to focus on one industry because I just really, I wanted to be really good at one thing. I wanted to be special, specific, you know, so people would come to me knowing that I know what I'm talking about. Being general is not going to really get you anywhere because you're just like a little bit here, a little bit there, not really sure. I don't like to work like that. And then the first three clients that I had in my business were in construction. Okay. So I was like, you know what? It's fate. And I've learned so much working with them. And it, I don't know. It's just there was a lot that we've done together to better their business where I felt like if I can replicate that and even improve all of those processes, that would be so helpful for a, for a lot of construction business owners. I'm curious what was the runner up? 
like if you went at the very beginning when you were thinking about which in- industry should I really focus my efforts on construction being the front runner, but what was the runner up? Real estate. Real estate, eh? Well, it's not too far from construction. I know. And I, and I work with a lot of real estate in- investors because they have construction companies and yeah. real estate yeah. they, companies. It's, so it's a nice marriage. Get, yeah. It yeah. Makes I get sense. to experience both in a way. Um, but yeah, construction, I just, I like the guys in construction, you know, and I actually like the ladies in construction too. Um, just their passion and they're so open to change. A lot of people I work with, at least I've been very fortunate. Um, they just want, desperately want help. And that's what I'm here for. I'm just curious, are women in construction more organized than men in construction? Yes. Okay, I just assume I'm that sorry they are. To say that. That's what. I, no, no, it's not, I don't think it's a they're fear. They're more responsive. Yes. And my favorite is working with wives. Oh, how much I love that because I can't get the information for the life of me from some guys, <laughs> but their wives—they're always on top of it. I love them. <laughs> it's I mean, like you're asking him the question. Asks, are, are you married? Can I talk to your wife? <laughs> Like, yeah, you ask him a question, he answers it a certain way, you know that the answer hasn't really been answered correctly, and then you ask her the question, the same question, and then you get the correct answer. That's what happens. I get the detailed answer, that's yes. what I need. <laughs> you get the hidden the hidden little details that are associated with figuring out what's the best course of action next, period, which is great. Seeking top-tier windows? Look no further. Payne's Window Manufacturing is the ultimate choice for custom builders, contractors, and homeowners. Visit www.pains.com now to experience the pinnacle of quality and customization. Get your instant custom quote today. Elevate excellence with us. Plus, enjoy nationwide shipping across Canada and the U.S. Yeah, that's and that's another thing why I love construction so much because it's like, okay, I could serve dentists or chiropractors. That's boring. You guys are so complicated. Your budgets, your markups, your cash flow, your software i mean you name it job costing is a whole other animal nobody's got that maybe manufacturing is worse than you guys but construction is fun but our biggest problem is that we're also so secretive we don't want to reveal how the business has been run which is very difficult for you i think it's about secret it's about you guys being you guys are stubborn. You don't want to let go of a lot of things, you know. And I understand it's hard to trust sometimes the people that you've never seen before, you know. And and it's just you want to do it all. You want to have control over things. But at the same time, you got to start trusting your team and find the experts so then you don't have to reinvent the wheel. That's just the bottom line. I mean, it's it's... In construction, you 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 outsource certain things because you want to hire a professional because you know that that person is going to do a much better job if you were to do it in-house. So then you might as well just do the exact same thing when it comes to this side of the industry, this side of the business. This is important, right? Without this, the jobs do not move forward. The jobs do not attract other jobs. And you want to be proud of the fact that, you know, here you go. This is the job. This is the paperwork associated with the job and how easy it is that someone can review it and go, I know everything about this job. This job is absolutely perfect. 
It ran smoothly. All the numbers are there. In and out numbers are there. Profits there. And everyone is just like, okay, this is great. And then it also brings up the fact that you should be building every construction company, doesn't matter how small or how big it is, for it to be one day be purchased by somebody else. And for someone to be considered in purchasing your business, they're going to want to see your paperwork and how your financials. Nobody wants to purchase a job. No. They need something that can function without you. Create something that functions without you, and then you're golden for sure. Yeah. So that's where a person like yourself comes in because you make sure that you make it as easy to understand how successful this be this business became, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Cool. I, I, that's all my questions so far, unless there's anything else that I haven't touched upon. I know that you offer a bunch of services, but I think you kind of already discussed all the services that you offer. Yeah, we ran through those. Yeah. So other than that, I mean, if someone wants to get a hold of you, then they get a hold of through the information that we've shared earlier, uh, which is again through the website, which is www.beyondbooksolutions.com. You can reach out to uh, your YouTube channel. What are you sharing on YouTube channels? What do you, what kind of videos are you you're sharing? Pretty much what we're talking about, you know, every, I just shared my latest video is about the best six books for construction industry. That is, that is one of my favorite videos because I'm always excited to share my passion of reading books. I, I love business books and psychological books. Um, there's a lot of tips I give about how to use QuickBooks, which QuickBooks is right for you, how to do job costing, how to make sure your cash flow stays uh, stays good, uh, how you improve your profit margins. I mean, there's a lot of good information on my website. I have a lot of free resources as well, chart of accounts and all those good things. So, so we're, anything sorry? they should check out. Um, since we're almost a month into the, uh, the year, what's your favorite book of this year so far? My favorite book of this year? Um... I would say buy back your time is my favorite so far. A lot of people right are now. About I it. just started another one on uh, productivity. It's called uh, what is it called? Getting things done. Okay, that is very exciting. I'm gonna try to implement productivity hacks. Interesting. And then on IG, it's construction accountant. You'll find her there. And then on LinkedIn, it's under it's under your name or Beyond Books. It's under your name, right? LinkedIn is my name, yes. It's your name. And how do you spell it? It's I-L-I-Z-A-V-E-T-A. -E Did I get it right or wrong? No. E-L-I-Z-A-V-E-T-A. E-L, sorry. That's first e name. Yes. And then you'll find her there. Um, I think we just got to do the 12 questions, unless there's anything else you want to bring up. Elisabetta. Elisabetta. Am I still butchering it? I really hope that what, what information we provided would be be helpful to those listening 100% it's going to so. be helpful anybody who's listening should be paying attention and I should almost turn this show into a school now and just have, have like quizzes every so often so then people can answer questions you have a lot of helpful information you should just gather it into uh, a course right Lisa that's what it's, a, doing it's, nowadays a, it's too. about time if you can figure out how to get an eighth day a 13th month then talk to me. Let me know about that because it's just time, time, time. As you know, it's time, right? Yep. You ready for the 12 questions? Sure. What's your favorite construction word? Construction word. Would profit count? Because you have profit in construction. Yes, it My is. 
it's a that's a big word in construction we always that's the uh the holy grail of construction that's what we're all always after we want to achieve profit on every single job we don't always get it but we do want it uh what is your least favorite tool doesn't have to be construction related could be anything related could be political could be government (laughs) oh i'm not gonna go into that here Uh, we're going after tool i don't i don't don't least favorite tool I don't like drills. They're too loud. They're too loud? Too loud. We can always buy a silencer. Ooh. No, it doesn't exist, and every woman reacts that way. So (laughs) (laughs) I've had clients ask me to get a silencer for drills. What construction sound do you love? Uh, That one is hard. Construction sound that I don't know. Um, uh, A sound of a guy screaming, yeah! I got that bid. I want it. <laughs> Does that count? That totally counts. What's your favorite beverage? I love my tea. Any tea. Any tea? 10 times a day. Uh, what turns you on and off? I guess well, I'll change it because it's, it's normally asked what turns you on and off in construction, but I'll ask you what turns you on and off in accounting? Um... Turns me on when I see my clients make large profit margins. Okay. Turns me off. I would say a lack of communication. I don't like when people are unresponsive. It creates a lot of problems and misunderstandings. I'm all about communicating. What's your favorite curse word? Could be in any language. Dang it. Dang, I have a five-year-old, so I gotta be careful. <laughs> dang, dang it is a curse word. Don't worry, it's totally fine. What's your favorite vehicle in the entire world? Are we going back to the private plane? <laughs> Could be any mode of transportation. Could be anything at all. I, I don't. Um, I don't know. Um, let's see. I, I have a Honda CRV. It's very reliable, and it hasn't <laughs> broken once yet. So I'm pretty happy with that. <laughs> Zero percent interest for the life of the loan. Of course, it's zero percent interest. That's how you purchased it. Um, what do you miss from your childhood? I would say food. Anything specific? Just food in general, because I am. Um, I'm not from U.S. originally, so okay. the food is different where I'm from, and um, the food here sucks. I'll say it. it sucks it's just different <laughs> where's the food from where are you from i am already i was born in belarus okay so we have a lot of uh a lot of people will consider it plain food but um i loved it <laughs> my mom is the best chef uh what profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day you know, I am crazy about traveling, so I would say, like, travel photographer. If it paid good, I would have loved to do that. Photography is an interesting uh, career option these days because uh, I think the skill of photography isn't there anymore. Yeah, you don't have to when you have an iPhone and it's uh, uh, it's it's lighter to travel with and it's got a lot of good capabilities and you don't really have to learn it anymore but to be honest i still see the difference i'm still old enough to know what it's like to develop film and to process film 
and to oh, shoot something cool. and wonder if you had the right aperture and if it actually turned out well, wondering if it actually did turn out at all, if you captured an image at all, and then to have those pleasant surprises of discovering an image that you never assumed you were going to get just because the subject, the place, the lighting, just the mist, the environment was all there in the right way. But now that's just all being packaged with a swipe where you can just choose those filters and throw them on these images that you just take. And I'm like... The love is not there anymore. It's just, it's manufactured photography now. So it's such a shame. But I still love photographers. Still on none of those days. Yeah. What profession would you not like to do? Attorneys. <laughs> Everyone who listens to the show knows how I feel about that group of individuals. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you, uh, sorry, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? Well done. That's all uh, he or she has to say. Elisaveta, thank you very much for being on the show, taking the time. Um, is it as snowy cold there it is, it is in Toronto? It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty miserable. Um, I don't mind snowing, snow and cold. The lack of sun is what gets me. <laughs> The shorter days, lack of sun, because it could still be nice and snowy outside, but if it's uh, all snow on the ground and it's sunny, it still looks nice. Blue sky, sunny, looks nice. Yeah. Having a five-year-old, I have I had to relearn how to love snow because she kind of brought that excitement back into my life. But sun, yeah, I would like to have more of that. <laughs> Thanks again so much. I had a private plane, right? <laughs> At $30,000 for a flight, I don't see it. I don't understand it. I'll I'll rent one. I'll maybe make a friend of somebody and use them. Oh. I don't know. It's not it's not on my mode of transportation. I just don't really want to. But thank you. Uh, everybody reach out again. If you got any questions and you're interested in talking with her, and uh, hopefully if you've got a big mess or you want to try to organize your business a little bit better, reach out to her at www.beyondbooksolutions.com and also on the YouTube channel and then also on IG at Construction Accountant and then on LinkedIn under her name, Elisaveta. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. That was fun. It was fun. Thank you so much. Don't go anywhere just yet. Angelina.